Welcome to Random Gaming Toolkit Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you today? For the most part, I'm doing okay. Uh, if I sound weird, it's because I'm fighting off a bit of a cold. But other than that, I'm good. Cool. All right. Uh, what have you been? What have you been playing in the last week? Uh, nothing really. I've been bouncing around a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Uh, did some more uh, uh, State of Decay. Tried out the. Uh, uh, dread because they have the hardcore and the extreme hardcore mode called the night uh, dread mode and nightmare mode and i haven't gone into nightmare yet but let me tell you dread mode is no joke it it ramps the difficulty up to 11 and there's no doubt about that hmm. all right i did see an ad for something state of decay related on the xbox store is it probably for that probably yeah okay wait how new is this update Ah uh, no, this update's a long time ago. This is a oh, good might just three be four months. Still advertising it, so yeah. I mean, I mean, I still see ads ads for uh, Gears Five. Well, makes sense, but you know, one of their first party titles. But yeah, cool. Uh, anything else you've been playing? Uh, a little bit of progress in uh, Outer Worlds. Uh, it's it's not a bad game. It's just it's not really you know doing a thing for me. And it's yeah. I think that's partly because I was never a giant fan of Fallout New Vegas. I was more of a right. Fallout 3 guy, okay. um, and it's it's obviously, you know, from the same studio, and the similarities in terms of gameplay and storytelling are pretty similar as well. So if you're a huge, huge fan of Fallout New Vegas, you know, this is going to be a great sci-fi game for you. If, you know, if you're like me, if you're like, it's an okay game, but not, you know, the bee's knees, as it were, then <laughs> it's just going to be an okay game. Cool. Uh, so what's the major differences between, like, Fallout 3 and New Vegas? Well, like I mentioned, I know I mentioned this on a podcast a while ago. The big thing is is getting into the story because with Fallout Three, you know, you spend your whole life in the vault. Um, you know, your father runs away, and there's a big kerfuffle over him leaving the vault, and you're tra- you're chasing him down, trying to figure out what happened. So you have, at least I had, that serious connection to the whole purpose of you know the main thrust of the story. You know, tracking down your father, figuring out what happened. Whereas with New Vegas, you're just some rando dude that just happens to have a pit boy, okay. and you're a courier, and so you're taking you know your courier item from point A to point B, and somebody shoots you in the head and leaves you in a shallow grave, and you survive it. You know, tracking them down might not be tops on my list of priorities of things to do. You know, being grateful that I was alive and booking it the other direction would be my list of things to do. But you know, right, right. Plus. There's too many factions in New Vegas. There's like seven endings that are faction-based, and that's just kind of insane. Okay. And it's not like, you know, different story choices or this and that, you know, where you're nice to one person or mean to another person or something else. It's literally just like completely opposing factions with completely opposing ideologies, and then you got to somehow, uh, you know, make them all like you, and you can't do that because they oppose each other. So you just wind up, you know, having a save point, and then you just do everything one faction related from there. Okay, cool. Uh, Alright, so, Death Stranding, Robert. That's a game that's out. It exists. Yes, it is. Uh, I've played... If I had to guess, because I have to guess, because I don't know where you can actually look to see... Uh, that that's one thing they should really bring back for video games, or something that's been missing from some video games. Any Some sort of, like, play timer you know, to tell me roughly how long I've, I've played the game for. Uh, I would say I've put in between 12 and 15 hours, roughly. 
I could be wrong. It could be more. It could be less than that. Um, but just for episode references, because I think that there's a certain amount of episodes. Uh, for those that have played it, or you know, for those of you that don't, it won't really mean anything. But I'm up to episode five uh, at the moment, which I don't know if that's far into the game. Not too far into the game. I heard there's between like twelve and fifteen episodes. So yeah, we'll see how things go. Um, but yeah, Death Stranding. Um, I, I want to start off a little bit different. Ask me a couple of questions about Death Stranding, just like anything that comes to you know. What the hell is it about? So essentially, I mean, this isn't really spoilery stuff. Uh, and there's something I want to talk about related to not spoiling Death Stranding, but actually understanding spoilers in this game. Essentially what it is, is there was this event that's called Death, the Death Stranding, which I still don't quite know what that is, but I, but more characters have been talking about that as I've been going through the story. Uh, there was an event called the Death Stranding, it kind of wiped out society, seemingly, or whatever, and made the world the state that it, that it is now. Uh, obviously, most of you have seen trailers or seen gameplay or whatnot. Um, and then there's, uh, essentially Sam Bridges, who you play as, is a porter, like a delivery porter. Uh, obviously, the guy played by Norman Reedus, uh, the main playable character. And essentially, what it's about is rebuilding America. Like, this, the central main plot... Of course, there's different storylines within there. There's different characters and whatnot. But essentially, the plot is... You're in this, I guess, sci-fi dystopian future is the only way I can cleanly explain it. There's lots of different things that go into that. But uh, essentially, you're re- re- rebuilding America. And because um, as some of you have seen in the... In the trailers and gameplay and whatnot you're delivering packages to different places once you deliver packages to different places they enter the chiral network and then it's essentially about building those strands and uh do you know about the online component of the game it's basically uh once you put an area on the chiral network by delivering packages to somewhere uh other players in the game there's no one that goes in your game and like evades your game um what what essentially happens is, let's say I put down a ladder near a building, or I put a climbing anchor, or I put a uh, generator, or some sort of piece of equipment. In someone else's game, that same generator will be in that same place, and you know, vice versa. If someone puts down the ladder in their game, it will be in that place in my game, so I can use it for that. So essentially, if I, before I get to a particular cliff or a mountain or something, I think, oh, I wish I could put a ladder up there. There's a possibility that players already put a ladder there or a climbing anchor and I can climb that basically so in terms of having an online component where the game is online it's not multiplayer it's still very much an offline technically single player game um but uh it basically uses equipment from other players to put into your game so that's that's what that's about uh so yeah to answer your question actually uh it's essentially about rebuilding America that's the plot of Death Stranding so uh any other questions (laughs) Uh, no, just because I don't want to get too much into spoilery. I mean, okay. I'll probably play it at some point, just not, like, right away. Right. Um, I will say one thing that, I, I mean, in some of the trailers they've kind of explained the baby or the BB situation. I think BB is the actual name of the baby and not called, you know, BB instead of baby. I think that's the actual baby's name. But I, anyway, um... I really like the, I won't spoil what the explanation is, but I really like the explanation as to what they give as to why this baby's in this container, what it's connected to, what it does, and why, basically. I really, really like what they what they sort of did with that. Um, but, yeah, uh, I did do a later impressions video. It's about 42 minutes long, so most of what I have to say on the game is going to be in that. I will do a 
review when I finish it or maybe just slightly before that or whatever. I went to do a review on the same day that I posted the uh, Later Impressions video but I kind of didn't end up doing the review because I'd literally just talked about the game for 40 minutes. So uh, if you want to check out me talking about the game and showing you certain things, spoiler free, uh, you can check out that video as well. But yeah, I'm I liking it obviously at the moment. That's obviously one of the big biggest questions. Uh, I really, really do like it a lot. I do think that... Um, see, someone will probably say to me, like, okay, if this was the same game, but you're obviously, you've obviously taken more interest because it's Kojima, because it's Norman Reedus, that's very true. And if someone were to say to me, you know, if you if you take Kojima's name out of this game, we just do have the interest. The thing with that is, no one else makes this game. N this game doesn't exist without Kojima. That's It's sort of different to... Let's say if someone said, would you have enjoyed Breaking Bad if Vince Gilligan wasn't the showrunner? That's a question that's actually possible because I guess it's possible that if you have a different showrunner on a show, it might end up the same way. But no one else has kind of got the developer brain of Kojima. So in terms of this game existing without Kojima's name on it, that's just not is that's not going to be a, be a thing. Does that make sense? What I'm... Yeah, and there's uh, no reason to assume... Well, A, that this game would be made uh, without Kojima, but there's also no shame in trying something just because of mm -hmm. the name of the person behind it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, think about think about like movies. Think about how many movies that you didn't really know what was going on, but you went to see it because of an actor, or more specifically, mm -hmm. like say you went to see a movie that you knew wasn't going to be amazing, but would be you know a good two hours of your time because of an actor or actress that's in it. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's 90% of the movies I watch anymore. I mean, I saw uh, Hobbs and Shaw. I knew it was going to be stupid in terms of not, you know, highbrow cinema. I knew it was right. just going to be a goofy, rompy two hours of explosions and whatnot. And mm -hmm. I was okay with that. It's The Rock being his rockest and Jason Statham being on Jason Statham. Right. right. And all that other stuff. And. It was hilarious, and there's so many hilarious cameos in it that it was absolutely worth watching. Cool. Now that it's on digital distribution, you know, it's like five bucks to see it. I absolutely recommend, you know, taking your brain on vacation, <laughs> you know, for two hours. You know, pop down with a giant thing of popcorn. Cool. Is that uh, Idris Elba's in that, isn't he, as well? Yeah. Does he give the uh, I'm, a, I'm the Black Batman line, which I thought was quite he, cool? He says I'm the Black Superman. Black, oh, Black Superman. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wasn't given any sort of you know shame to it. I thought that was quite a cool line. So, uh, I mean, it would be very cool to have Idris Elba play um, Batman in in the future, but uh, mm -hmm. I, I doubt that will happen just because of politics. But anyway, um, honestly, yeah. I'd like to see him play James Bond. I think he would do a really yeah, good job either. playing James yeah. Bond. Yeah, but again, politics. So, um, what was I going to say? But yeah, it's kind of the thing that you've mentioned before, which is the butts in seats because of names. Uh, philosophy and idea in that so um i mean i had the the kojima had my trust already i was looking forward to the game since it was announced um and sure it's different to i mean there's there isn't a game like this it's, it's funny because at the start of the later impressions video i kind of said this you know welcome back and this is death stranding and then i kind of made the joke of like well does this this doesn't look like anything else so in terms of me saying sure i'm going to introduce the game as death stranding um that there's no other game that's like this at all 
So, um, yeah, I reached an interesting kind of chapter part yesterday, which kind of, there is long stretches of this game where you're doing delivery after delivery, and then it kind of feels like you get rewarded with more story. Um, but there's there's still bits and pieces of story even throughout the gameplay. So, I, I mean, I, I can't stop playing at the moment, So and it's pulled me away from Call of Duty for the most part. So, it's done that job. But, yeah, I'm really, really enjoying it. Of course, you can look at uh, more of what I discussed with that, with the letter impressions. And then, eventually, uh, I'll do a, a full kind of review for it. Obviously, that will include more spoilery stuff, but... Yeah, um, it's it's just there's nothing else like it. Um, it's a very unique game, and I'm I'm just happy to have Kojima releasing more games as well with his like Kojima touch and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's great. I'm really really enjoying it. So, and it's funny with the the, the spoilery thing I wanted to mention. No, no, I'm not going to actually give obviously spoilers, but it's really weird and interesting with Death Stranding how. Some people have said, oh, I don't want to hear too much about the game because of spoilers. And then when Kojima has shown certain trailers trailers and stuff, trying to explain trying to explain certain things in the game, people have kind of turned around and said, well, I don't understand that anyway. So w- is it possible that you could spoil a more weird and mysterious thing in Death Stranding, but someone won't actually understand it? Because it kind of seems like that's the case. <laughs> so. I mean, that's definitely possible whenever you have essentially a brand new world. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, going into Gears 5, you can show a lot more of Gears 5 than you could with, like, Gears 1, just because everybody knows the world that you've set, and they know, you know, most of the players and most of the pieces, so you can show more in terms of, like, gameplay and action and things like that, and not have to worry about so much of spoilers, because then you can kind of wall off the story bits outside of that, whereas with something with Death Stranding, since it's so new and so many different concepts, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to tell what could t- potentially be a spoiler and what not. Yeah, so. Uh, Alright, that's Death Stranding. Um, I did dip into um, Mario and Sonic at the Toko- Tokyo Olympics Games. I think that's the name of it. The, the newest one of those series. Uh, I played it for about an hour, and I it is kind of bringing back some of that nostalgia from the uh, Winter Olympic Games, I think, from uh, 2011, 2010, maybe 2012. Uh, it's bringing back some nostalgia for that, but it, it it it's either the case that I don't remember how arcadey the game was, but it's really, really arcadey to the point where it kind of pulled me out of it a bit. I know it's like cartoony characters and there's going to be in that, but um, yeah, I, I'm going to try it again. I don't think I want to send it back just yet or whatever, but uh, I, I tried some more of that, so... Uh, and yeah, the last thing I want to talk about what I've been playing wise is, uh, of course, the Friday after last week when we did the podcast, of course, uh, there was two new Call of Duty Modern Warfare maps released because uh, we talked about the, what was it, you said 38, 38 maps or something? Yeah. yeah, well, we've had two of them, so that's uh, 36. Um, yeah, two of them got released. They are free. They're not part of any season pass, or you don't have to pay for them or anything. They're free across, free across all platforms that the game's available on. Uh, I've only managed to play on one of them. One of them is basically... It's, it's sort of like a slightly bigger remix of Shipment. Uh, if you guys remember, I talked about Shipment last week. It was essentially where you have this square uh, of grass, and there was just container, like cargo container kind of things in it. This is sort of that, but just bigger. Uh, and it's sort of a, an interesting kind of remix of that. Um, the other one I haven't actually been on yet because I haven't played. It's in the gunfight two v two thing, and I haven't actually jumped back into that yet. So yeah, I I, I like the map. It's it's chaotic, but it's fun. Uh, and if you can stand your ground, then you're going to get quite a lot of kills. So especially if you get one of the um, 
jet things in the middle of the map and that will just kind of kill everyone so <laughs> there you go um cool but that's the stuff i've been playing let's move into some housekeeping see you for that in a minute Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. Sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon. There's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the, in the past. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also become a patron at the $3 level tier that gets you access to ad-free podcasts and allows you to redeem a review of a TV show or a film of entirely your choice. That's one per month for either a TV show or a film review which is at the $3 level tier. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, um, of course watching The Watchmen Season 1 Episode 4 for the HBO and Sky Atlantic Watchmen TV series from Damon Lindelof. Me and David are still continuing to cover that, that there's about 5 episodes left. Uh, Walking Dead Season 10 Episode 6, there's 2 episodes left. Uh, episode 8 will be will of course be the mid-season finale and then the show will return probably in February as it's done for the last seven or eight years or whatever uh but yeah we did both of those today so have a look out for those if you're watching walking dead and or watchmen uh later impressions video like i said if you click on basically the um post on the website there'll be an embedded video you can press play and make it full screen all that good stuff and uh watch me talk about death stranding for i think it's about 42 minutes so yeah just just so much to discuss with that game uh, and i did a lot of it in there uh, another segment from Entertainment Talk TV episode 27 which is for Unbelievable. Unbelievable is the mini limited series uh, on Netflix. Season 1 episodes 1 and 2 the spoiler free uh, segment from that. I have also reviewed that as uh, the, the whole mini, mini series or mini season uh, of the show and if you want to check out that particular review the show notes are in that post for that as well hopefully all that makes sense um but yeah that's another segment from entertainment talk tv episode 27 if you want to listen to all the segments of course you can listen to that specific podcast uh tv talk 27 so there's that uh let's play sundays for call of duty modern warfare beta there is going to be some different games coming up i know there's been a lot of call of duty and a lot of fifa but uh there is going to be some different games coming out as well for that united cast man united beat uh brighton 3-1 uh speaking of football i saw that thing you posted where it said um Single taken, and then it said, uh, in an abusive relationship with my favorite sports team. So. Yeah, that that is way <laughs> too close to home with way too many people. Right, yeah. That's a uh, situation I'm in as well. So, you just never know what you're going to get with sports. But anyway, uh, United cast uh, 26, which is for Man United 3, Brighton 1. Uh, there's an international break, so there's no game until next weekend. I think it's Sheffield United or Sheffield Wednesday away. Uh, so that's con- that's going to be when Man United return. So and there's no midweek games because there's the international break. So that's that. 
Uh, good talk for The Good Place, uh, Season 4, Episode 7. I think there's nine episodes for the mid-season. So there's two more episodes, I think, and then it returns in January, so you can listen to those. American Horror Story Season 9, Episode 8, which is the penultimate episode. The season finale will be tomorrow. Uh, and, of course, it's an anthology thing, so it's kind of a series finale. But there'll be a Season 10, and it'll have a different story. So that'll be that. Uh, but yeah, American Horror Story for Season 9. Uh, Manuel, it also beat Partizan 3-0. Uh, as well in the Europa League, and they have now qualified for the knockout rounds, which I believe happens in February, usually. So, uh, random gaming talk last week, we talked about some updates from Platonic. They are the developers of Banjo-Kazooie and Ukulele. Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, as we just kind of discussed a minute ago, and some other stuff. And that's what we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Let's move into some news. So we got some of the same stuff. So um, let's see. Uh, just try, just try and stick to the the other things you, that you've got. But but what else do you want to talk about this week? Yeah. Well, first, you know, first up, sticking with uh, Death Stranding. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have a PC date yet. It's still listed as summer 2020. Uh, but we did get an update saying that it will be both on Steam and Epic uh, Game Store. Mm-hmm. So if you have a preference to one or you absolutely will not use the other, uh, you don't have to worry about it. Uh, you'll be able to get it on PC however you like. Um, mm-hmm. I know you don't do a whole lot of PC gaming, but for the people <laughs> yeah. that do do the PC gaming, that's obviously good news for them because now they don't have to choose between one or the other. They can just do the one that they already like the most. So Cool. Um, so you can do a lot of mods on PC, can't you? Uh, I remember David talked about doing them for Skyrim and stuff like that. I wonder if, if... the game allows it, okay. or if right. people find a way. Like some games um, embrace the mod community and just let people go nuts, <laughs> uh, others just shut them down hard. So it really kind of depends. Hmm. But I wonder what you could do if Death Stranding does allow mods. What you could do to that already crazy world? So. Yeah. That I don't know. Unlimited cargo? You can... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, make possibly. Sam run like five times faster or something. Um, by the way, those people that are complaining about you f- always falling over with your cargo, just hold L2 and R2 and he won't fall over. He won't. Sam won't move as fast, but he won't fall over. Unless you actually physically trip up on a specific rock or you obviously fall off a cliff or something. Which I've almost done a couple of times. So, um, But yeah, if, you, if you're noticing that you're being asked to shift the weight either left or right. Just hold L2 and R2. And that won't need to be controlled. So, um, But yeah, I wonder what you could do to mod the Stranding. Uh, in terms of, yeah, mate and Sam. I guess, could you make him fly across the map or some weird stuff? I've, I've seen all kinds of crazy mods for uh, GTA V that come to mind. So, um, maybe someone will put Snake in the game. Who knows? Um, Possibly. Or put someone from Silent Hill in the game. Or put the Ghost Lisa from PT in... Um, in Death Stranding, so we'll see. But yeah, what, what, what would you like to see in terms of mods, I suppose, for Death Stranding? <laughs> I honestly don't know enough about the game to really even answer that question, so... Okay, okay. Um, cool, what else do you want to talk about today? 
Uh, well, a couple of days ago, Naughty Dog uh, posted a uh, job listing online mm-hmm. for a systems programmer for a new online experience. Um, obviously, the posting doesn't name a specific game, and you know, even with a specific game mis- you know listed, um, they're still going to get the rumors of like, <laughs> oh, it's the uh, multiplayer for Last of Us uh, Two, or it's going to be Uncharted Five, or something like that. Um, so there's no real specifics on that. The job di- listing stipulates that it is looking for a candidate who, quote, is willing to jump into a variety of systems, including several t- server technologies, core gaming, networking, matchmaking, player data storage, and virtual store transactions. Uh, so basically, pretty much anything you would expect from any kind of online experience. Uh, you know, Data storage, obviously the game's not going to be saved local because it's going to be on the cloud server somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, virtual store transactions means it's going to have some sort of microtransactions, whether it's a good version with some kind of uh, um, you know basic skin thing that doesn't really screw anything up, or if it's you know going into uh, some other thing to where we have another whole EA incident going on. Hard to tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, PlayStation All Stars too. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I wonder how many people actually want that game because I always see discussion about like you know you've got a new version of Kratos, you've got Aloy, you've got uh, Spider-Man obviously now um, I mean I know they had the, the God of War original Kratos but now you could put a new one in, you could also put Boy, Atreus in um, mm-hmm. you could put uh, yeah, Aloy um, you could put the new version of Sir Daniel Portescu, you could put um Obviously, Crash, Spyro in there. Um, I I do hope eventually, speaking of obviously online games, which is what we're kind of discussing at the moment, um, I mean, because you do have characters like Aloy and Crash and Drake and uh, Kratos and stuff, I either hope that they get licensed somehow for Smash Brothers or that there is a PlayStation All-Stars 2 because there's just too much potential, I think, there. I mean, you could say that about a lot of properties that are being restricted with things at the moment, like Metal Gear Solid or something. But, um, yeah, do, do you agree that PlayStation just has too many key characters? I mean, Microsoft kind of does as well, like with Marcus and with Halo and with um, just a bunch of other characters. What would you kind of think for that? Well, I wouldn't say they have too many key characters because, I mean, if you have key characters that are tied to only your console, that's obviously... Mm-hmm. A good thing for you and a bad thing for everybody else. I will say they do have characters that they don't really do anything with outside of their games. Yeah. Like if you look at Nintendo with Mario and all the characters in Mario, they do tons of different games. You're playing an Olympic game. They did like a weird XCOM style cross with the 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 Rabbids. That was really And then you got the cart cart racing game. You got Luigi's Mansion as a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So... They don't really do anything with them, but then again, they don't really own them, so they can't really do anything with them. Yeah. yeah. A funny thing about, you know how Waluigi is one of the only characters missing, missing from Smash Brothers? Uh, he's in the Tokyo Olympic Games thing. So all the all the uh, uh, feedback they've received online for not having him in Smash Brothers, and he's just in the... There's like only like, I don't know, 20, 15, 20 characters in this Olympics game, and Waluigi's one of them. So, yeah, wonder what that's about. But anyway, yeah, um, I mean, because they did say that they're working later on um, multiplayer for Last of Us 2 because they received, to me, a surprising amount of backlash towards that, considering that Last of Us is a very single-player story-driven thing. But apparently a lot of people liked the uh, factions 
multiplayer that they yep. did, which I never played. Uh, I did play the Uncharted multiplayer, but that's obviously a different game. So uh, it's either for that or um, it's interesting you mentioned Uncharted, like potentially Uncharted 5, which I do think is actually being worked on. Either, either Uncharted 5 or Lost Legacy 2, Uncharted Lost Legacy 2, or a new Uncharted for in whatever way, shape, or form. Not necessarily a reboot. I don't think that'd be good. But if Uncharted Five was a multiplayer game, I really don't think that would go down very well. Unless it's multiplayer for Uncharted Five, which is tied into you know the single player aspect of uh, Uncharted uh, Five. So yeah, any any bets on what you think this might be? Like which specific game? No, not really, because they they kept it vague enough to where mm-hmm. it could be anything, and they could have it on one game, and then it not really work very well, and they could shelve it and just bounce that person to another game. So, mm-hmm. I would say it might be multiplayer for uh, Horizon, but you said this is for Naughty Dog, and that's obviously Gorilla Games. So yeah, obviously it won't be that. So I mean, I, I would be kind of interested in what Horizon Zero Dawn multiplayer looks like, but um. Yeah, it seems like Sony's got some multiplayer stuff on the way, so we'll see what they've got. Uh, what else do I want to talk about? Well, if you're uh, getting the Google Stadia next week, you're mm-hmm. probably the only one. I mean, I really haven't had a whole lot of interest in it, and I honestly don't know anybody that does. Uh, but uh, Google did announce officially the 12 games that will be at launch for Stadia. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you pre-ordered the Stadia Premier Edition for $130 US, you'll get access to the service next Tuesday. Okay. Uh, the package includes a Stadia controller, a Chromecast Ultra, a copy of Destiny 2, three months of Stadia Pro, and a Buddy Pass system for a friend. The Stadia Basic will be available for free in 2020. Uh, players will still need to buy their own games on Stadia. The subscription does not work like Netflix or Spotify. The $10 per month subscription gives Stadia Pro members one free game added to their collection each month, um, which they'll be able to play in uh, 4K, obviously streaming, assuming you have the bandwidth for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Stadia Basic will be available in February 2020, but that only goes up to 1080p. That doesn't do the full 4K. Uh, The 12 games are Red Dead Redemption 2, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Destiny 2, as I mentioned earlier, Mm-hmm. Just Dance 2020, Klein, which I've never heard of, uh, Mortal Kombat 11, Thumper, which I've never heard of. I think some of those uh, are like originals. So. Well, uh, Klein says it's developed by Chump Squad, which I've also never heard of. Okay. And Thumper is developed by Drool, which I've never heard of. And I don't know that I'd want to name my company Drool, but okay. Yeah, me neither. Uh, <laughs> Samurai Showdown... I'm guessing it's Gilt, G-Y-L-T. Uh, also, another company that I wouldn't name my company that is by Tequila Works. <laughs> uh, and I'm not making this up. I'm reading this from businessinsider.com. So, yeah. uh, Tomb yeah. Raider, and that's your lineup. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's, what, three originals in there? Three or four? I assuming think. those are originals, I think then they yeah. Are, but... Um... Yeah, because the the one that's got the girl who's crouched down, they've showed that one before where she's kind of going that's through the darkness guilt, or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think that's one of their originals. So, um, I mean, a lot of these other big games, you know, Red Dead, Mortal, Mortal Kombat, um, uh, the the uh, Destiny Two and stuff like that. I think a lot of people have played at this point. Um, it's I, I don't know. It I just. Uh, 
in terms of Google Stadia itself, not only there's two, there's two sides to the word of mouth, right? One of which is I've not heard people online talking about Google Stadia. The second thing is I've seen. I mean, I've seen little like. 15 second ads on YouTube for Stadia which for some reason are really badly shown on screen like in really poor quality I don't know why that is uh, and it's not to do with the video that I'm watching or whatever it's, it's the advert itself um, the the second thing is I not seeing Google themselves actually say hey in like a week's time or even from two or three weeks ago or a month ago say hey don't forget to play you know get your Stadia or whatever I don't know what they say exactly as, as their tagline but uh, don't forget to play Stadia on the 19th and that sort of thing it, it just seems like since they did their last Stadia Connect which I don't remember when that was it was at least a couple of months ago I've not seen like anything on Facebook anything on Twitter or anything other than, other than the 15 second YouTube ad um, for Stadia itself so not only are people online not really talking about things which is still not a good sign because you know usually the, the bigger things in entertainment are pretty well talked about online you know some of the big TV shows video games Death Stranding and whatnot. But I'm not seeing anything from Google themselves to remind me that Stadia is actually out or coming out. So, um, yeah, what, what do you think in terms of their word of mouth at the moment from both sides? Uh, it's their word of mouth is terrible, which is yeah. weird because they have enough money to advertise it as well as they do. I, I have seen a couple articles saying that their supply is going to be extremely limited at launch, so that might be part of the strategy since they know they're not going to be able to get the device in as many people's hands as they'd want. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they're just kind of downplaying it for now. Plus, and this is the problem that we've talked about ever since we heard about Google Stadia, the bandwidth issues are just going to be insane. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to stream Red Dead Redemption 2 in 4K over your bandwidth, good luck. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, you said the, is it the Founders Edition is $130? That's a lot of money to just put down for something that might not necessarily work because as i've said about these kinds of things i know it's a bit different to remote player next cloud but if you're using a service like that like netflix for example if your internet isn't working at the time um granted you don't need as much bandwidth to use netflix as you do uh to use stadia because you're streaming a video that's already been recorded as opposed to streaming a game where the that's stream doesn't know what you're going to press what you're going to do next it's kind of not predetermined um yeah just in terms of something that might not work because if you get this thing out of the box you install it and whatnot and then you can't stream games on that day because maybe your internet's having a bad day or whatever um and it just doesn't work then you spend 130 pounds on something that might not work so it's it's the whole thing's really strange um and it, yeah we do have an email about it as well so um yeah, I, I should probably read that email now, now that we're talking about Stadia. Uh, Lucy says, hey fellas, uh, given Google Stadia's lack of any discussion and weak launch uh, lineup, how long is it before Google abandons Stadia? So, yeah, uh, there's been obviously discussion about them ditching, what, Google Plus, Google Hangouts, Google, what was the other, it was at least one or two other things that they've they've uh, abandoned in the past. Um, what would you give for the lifeline for Stadia? Less than a year if they uh, can't get any real traction with it. Because, I mean, when you think about how long Microsoft stuck with uh, Connect, that's just because they kept. Uh, they honestly thought they could do something with it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Google, if they don't see that they can do anything with it, they'll dump it. I mean, when when was the last time that you were on uh, Google Hangout? 
once, like three years ago. I think I tried to record a podcast by using that. So, yeah, and I don't remember it actually working. So, <laughs> um, I I give. I know it might count, sound kind of soon, but not in terms of Google saying we've ditched this, but in terms of things going really really quiet, which they're already really really quiet. I give this thing till about the end of January. Because um, if if this thing doesn't make Christmas sales and you know get 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 this device in uh, people's hands for Christmas, then well, when when are you going to make most of your sales? Yeah. So um, I mean, there's, there's already that... no talk about it. So in terms of me saying there being no talk about it, there already is no talk about it. So <laughs> I guess yeah, and it's not like when Microsoft jumped into the gaming platform with the original Xbox. They put a lot behind it. They put a lot of names behind it. They put a lot of hype behind it. But then they also were a software development studio, and they had made games before. Um, they had, you know, the, the Microsoft Game Studio, what it is now. That's uh, a genesis from long time ago. They were making games, you know, back in the 90s. I mean, granted, they weren't like first-person shooters or whatever. The, the most notable one was a Flight Simulator. But still, they had a bit of a background in it, and then they got other studios to go with them. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, but yeah, we'll see what happens. The Stadia comes out Tuesday, the nineteenth. Um, and this year, if if you're an American, you might just be watching Mandalorian on the Tuesday. So, who knows? Yeah, it's kind of a weird timing with that because the day that Google that uh, Disney Plus went live. There's a massive uh, cold snap and a big snowstorm in a lot of places. So you had huh. two thirds of the country basically not shut down, but heavily delayed right, because struggling. of inclement weather. Yeah. So everybody was just on the couch munching on popcorn, watching that. And there was actually some uh, timeouts and technical problems with Google Plus launching because so many people were trying to use it at once. Hmm. Cool. A uh, small bit of breaking news, bit of film news, but I'll include it nonetheless. Uh, Andy Circus, who was in talks to play um, Alfred, is officially confirmed. So, because uh, we're going to be talking about some video game films uh, here in a bit, but yeah, there's some more. There's been tons of Batman talk lately. I know this is a video game podcast, but I do check during a podcast for breaking news. So there's a bit of that. Um, yeah, so that's the Stadia stuff. We talked about the launch lineup. Uh, a lot of games that I feel like people have played. I know not everybody has played Red Dead Redemption 2. A bunch of people have because the sales have been crazy. But uh, Tomb Raider, a lot of people played that. Mortal Kombat's a very popular series. Um, Destiny 2 is obviously a very popular series. Don't they have The Division as well? Or is that just not a launch lineup game? Uh, uh, I don't got... know if they'll have it or not. I don't see it as a launch. They did promise that they would have 40 games by the end of the month. Okay, but none of those games. Though the twelve that I listed were the only ones that are actually confirmed for okay. launch next week. I'm assuming they'll add games in the in the coming weeks then, because uh, they're obviously quite uh, closely tied with Ubisoft at the moment with Assassin's Creed, which was one of like the first games shown off for Stadia. Um, so that makes sense as well. Yeah. Um, cool. What else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, Sony Interactive Entertainment has announced the promotion of Guerrilla Games co-founder Herman Holst to the head of Sony Interactive Entertainment's Worldwide Studios. Hulse will now manage and lead game development across 14 studios that form Worldwide Studios. In a statement, uh, they announced that Herman is one of the most effective and well-respected leaders in the video game industry. He is a passionate advocate for the teams which he leads and understands how to empower creative talent to build great experiences. Uh, Worldwide Studios is a critical part of the future success of the company, and we must deliver on the promise that we made to gamers to create imaginative and exciting content. Uh, Shuhei Yoshida, who is currently in that role, 
mm-hmm. will leave the position of uh, head of Worldwide Studios and become the head of a newly formed in, uh, initiative that will focus on nurturing external independent creators. Uh, Yoshida will report directly to Jim Ryan while ensuring external developers have the tools, technology, and services they need to reach PlayStation's community of gamers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's so. kind of a big shakeup with uh, Shuhei leaving. Yeah, they've been doing some of that, obviously, with uh, Sean Layden leaving a couple of weeks ago, or about a month ago, whenever that was. It was, you know, recently. Um, yeah, so this guy at Gorilla Games who's been promoted and everything, uh, I was actually, I, I happen to have been listening to, uh, Sacred Symbols today, uh, Sacred Symbols, which is, uh, of course, Colin and Chris's, uh, PlayStation podcast, uh, didn't quite finish the episodes because it's about two hours long, but, uh, yeah, they talked about this as well, and it was interesting hearing Colin say about how Shuhei was pretty much right there, and then, like, Sean came in and not pushed him out of the way, but sort of... Uh, took more of the spotlight Uh, I mean I like both of them I like Shuhei and and I like Sean Layden obviously Sean's left to to do something else now Um, but yeah I mean as long as everybody's happy in the roles they're doing as long as everybody's doing a good job as long as there's nobody that uh, I don't know as as long as there's no bad blood within the company I think that's all that quite matters Uh, I mean in terms of pay obviously these people are going to be getting paid plenty so I don't think that's quite an issue but just in terms of yeah as long as everybody's help uh happy in their roles and they're not feeling too overwhelmed with work because obviously you know when you're running a video game studio or you're part of one uh that's going to give you a bunch of work because we heard about obviously the uh crunch development times and all that sort of thing so uh, I do wonder what that means for his involvement with um uh, Horizon 2 or just I mean we don't know where that game is at in development um, so, I mean, the game is, has the game actually been officially announced? I don't think it has. It's more just a given that, uh, with Horizon Zero Dawn being a success that there'll be a sequel. But, um, but, uh, yeah, we'll just see how everyone gets on in this and see. We won't know probably for a good few months how much of an effect this will really have. So we'll just have to see how everybody gets on. So, yeah, I mean, there's nothing with, uh, Horizon 2, there's been nothing officially announced that I've seen or mm-hmm. have been able to find. But when you look at the critical review success of the game and the commercial sales success of the game, having a sequel uh, is not a bad idea. I think the way they ended the game, at least you would just need a good reason story-wise to have a sequel. That's, and that's going to be the toughest thing is uh, um, you know, coming up with that story-wise. Right. So, yeah, what do you think of this Sony shake-up? Uh, I mean, it's inevitable. I mean, time marches on. People want to do new things. Uh, we don't want, you know, changes like this happen. We don't really assume that it's any kind of bad blood or anything like that. So there might be a little bit, but it's nothing we're ever going to see. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as long as, you know, I mean, the whole Kojima-Konami thing was very, very public because some of those things just do you do see in terms of uh the bad blood but yeah hopefully it's done there and that everybody will be fine in their roles so mm-hmm. um yeah i mean with playstation 5 on the way and all these launch titles and sequels and exclusives uh be interesting to see how everything plays out so uh what else did you want to talk about today oh uh, well the last thing that i have is kind of an odd story in the sense that i never cease to be amazed at what people will spend their money on. Okay. Uh, to celebrate the 15th anniversary of the Monster Hunter series, a Japanese store, U-Treasure, 
is selling a eye-wateringly expensive, intricately detailed dragon statue. Um, the statue is no small thing. It is roughly seven and a half centimeters wide, uh, fifteen and a half centimeters tall, with a weight of around six hundred grams. Uh, it is made mostly of precious metals, including yellow, gold, and silver. Now, what is the most insane price you think you could put on a piece of kit for something like this? Um, well, usually when I see like a collectible of some kind, usually in in a comic book shop or something, it's around I don't know three, four, maybe five hundred pounds. So somewhere mm-hmm. around that kind of range, because they they have the really detailed like Aria figures and uh, a um. What's that thing that Batman throws? Why have I forgotten what that's called? The Batarang? Batarang. Why have I forgotten what that's called? Um, yeah, like a Batarang, and there's obviously some, like, there was like an Iron Man thing in there once, I think. Uh, but yeah, mm. usually, a bit like, you know, a few hundred pounds. So, how much is this thing? Well, this uh, Rio Leia rare species dragon statue clocks in at 8.8 million yen, which roughly at the um, exchange rate is about $80,000 US. Okay. So about sixty-ish pounds. Um, now, if you're not that rich, you can get the silver fire dragon rarest statue, which is at a bargain price of only eight thousand dollars US. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, that's a, that's a bargain. You know, buy three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what what kind of notable collectibles do you have that are sort of like that? Uh in terms of price, nothing. I'm a poor bastard. Um, the, probably the most expensive thing I've bought as a collectible was it weirdly went on sale. So for $120, I was able to get the uh, Fallout 4 Collector's Edition with a giant uh, Pip-Boy on it. Okay. Um, outside of that, I buy a Funko Pop every now and then, but nothing like serious, serious collector. I have five, so... Okay. Yeah, I've still just got my Walking Dead stuff and my uh, Buzz Woody and Jesse dolls from whenever they were made, um, which obviously you can still get, but uh, those sorts of things. And then I do want to get the uh, Crash Bandicoot thing eventually, So, which is very cheap. I just want to comfortably buy it. So there you go. Um, yep. But yeah, things worth a lot of money, and we'll see if anyone gets it. So Somebody will buy it eventually. Somebody will, yes. So... Um, yeah, it's always fun to talk about collectibles. So, um, I mean, I'd love to buy some of those things that are in that display cabinet, but then I'd be spending a couple of grand. So, <laughs> yeah, you go to MCM or something like that, you can go broke really quick. Yeah, I remember when I was at uh, Walker Stalker, and there was this this guy was selling this whole store full of not a store like a he had basically a bunch of uh, replica swords like uh, long claw and needle and uh, Geralt's sword from The Witcher, and um, I think, like, Kratos' axe might have been there and some other stuff. But, uh, yeah, those were going for, like, 112, 150 pounds, and I was like, I really want a bunch of these, but, you know, I'm not going to spend that much on some swords that I'll just look at, basically. So Yeah, that's the kind of thing you need to buy when you have, like, your own apartment or your own house to where you can prominently display it. Yeah. Not yeah. something that you buy and then just get stuffed in a closet. <laughs> cool. What else do you want to talk about today? Uh, that's all I had. My uh, computer's acting up a bit, so I'm just going to go ahead and end it there because the last couple things I have, we both had. So cool. Uh, so there was a new Sonic trailer this week from Paramount. Of course, we'll talk about specifically Paramount in a minute. But 
Uh, yes, Sonic has been redesigned. There was a what's specifically titled as new trailer. There's some scenes that were previous scenes, but they're basically showing the previous scenes with the redesigned Sonic. Uh, like when James Madsen or whatever his name's character goes into that little shed and sees Sonic and he screams. It kind of shows those sorts of scene, those sorts of scenes, but with the new design of Sonic. Uh, what do you think of Sonic's redesign? Uh, I mean, the, the, it definitely looks a little bit closer to character for the Sonic game. We did get a lot more of fan service when you saw, like, the opening for the uh, new trailer where he's running along and he does that loop thing, which is straight out of the first Sonic game. Mm-hmm. So they're definitely listening to the fans in terms of, you know, we want this closer to our Sonic. Yeah. But, you know, it's still going to be weird to try to translate the story from a video game that doesn't really have a whole lot of story into an actual movie. Mm-hmm. Um, part of me is kind of happy to see Jim Carrey get back to his early 90s wacky routine that he was pretty good at for a while. Definitely. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen, like, The Mask or anything like that, but... Uh, there was a time when he was like the big thing in terms of action movies yeah, of being like to those sorts of things. So. Yeah. And then he just kind of lost his mind for a while. So mm-hmm. yeah, he had that kind of really tragic thing that happened. So, uh, which I don't really want to talk about here. You can look it up if you, if you want to. So, um, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, like you said, it's great to see Jim Carrey again. Um, I mean, he did the, um, he did that show on HBO last year. Uh, it was called Happy or something like that. Is where he's this. Um, uh, he's on this children's, uh, um, like like a Blue Peter or sort sort of thing, like, like a children's uh, TV play, show, TV show kind of thing. Yeah, uh, where he was kind of a, a presenter of one of them. So, um, yeah, he did a pretty good job in that. I never actually caught up to that show or really finished it, but uh, I thought it was it was fairly good. Um, I think the re- redesign looks a lot, lot better, and uh, if I can remember all three reasons, there's three reasons why I'm going to see this film. One of which is because the redesign looks better, one of which is because they actually listened to mother to bother to change it, and didn't just like, I, I mean, they could have, you know, Paramount, or, you know, could have turned around and said, you know, we feel happy with the Sonic design, we're not going to change him, and we have, we wish to see, we hope to see you on February 14th, which I think is the date. Uh, and the other one is... I just think that this just looks like a, a, a decent film. So, not, not a great film. I'm not expecting it to be as good as some of my favourite films or whatnot. But it's specifically more the, the two reasons, which is, you know, the, the redesign does look better. I'm excited to see more of that version of the character uh, or that design of the character. And because they actually listened and bothered to, to change certain things. Because there's some companies out there that know that they're doing things wrong and they'll just completely ignore every bit of feedback that they get. So... Um, like things that are worse than obviously characters, character designs. So, yeah, I'm I'm kind of looking forward. It's not like one of my top ten most anticipated films to go and see, but um, yeah, they've they've got my approval, if you want to call it that. I wouldn't really use the word approval, but I couldn't think of a better word. But uh, yeah, they've got me signed up for it. I think at the moment. So unless they, I mean, there's going to be some more trailers probably. Uh, between now and when the film comes out. If they look like worse or something, then maybe not. But just in terms of, yeah, the redesign and the fact that they actually listened and they bothered to try and make fans and customers happier. So, which I think is a great thing. Um, yeah, so that film is out. I think it, I saw a poster. Someone posted online and it said February 14th. So, um, that's going to be when that comes out. Wasn't it originally scheduled for November or something? Yeah, what it was so. is that the first trailer came out and then it had the bad backlash. Mm-hmm. So they announced they were going to redesign, they're going to redo the CGI. 
which is kind of the weird perk of that movie being as it is with so much CGI is they don't have to reshoot anything. But they didn't want to put their animation team under a crunch, so they just pushed the release mm-hmm. date back. Yeah, which is good. So, um, yeah, because if it was a redesign, uh, a reshoot of like someone in a different costume or something, then you'd, then you'd have to reshoot those scenes. But yeah, just for the CGI stuff, you don't really have to do that. But yeah, we'll find out what it's like later. Uh, and I'm assuming we'll get another trailer soon. I don't know when that will be. Probably so. in January. Right, right. Um, or on Frozen 2's release date. I mean, they'll probably get no press for that, but... Uh, yeah, that's the new Sonic design, and we'll see how all that goes down. Uh, but for the most part, what I saw online was people that were a lot, lot happier, so that's good. Uh, Mark Wahlberg, who is an actor, of course, uh, is in talks to play Sully in the Uncharted film. Of course, uh, Uncharted, the, the film is going to star... Tom Holland as uh, a younger version of Nathan Drake. Uh, nobody else has been cast for the film, I don't think. Um, but it, of course, is scheduled to... Come- uh, when did they say they were... Really- I can't remember what the date is. I remember they've pushed it back once or twice, oh, I think. So if, if it comes down any sooner than 2021, I'll be shocked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Mark Wahlberg is in talks to play Sully. Uh, now, you haven't played the Uncharted games, have you? Not a bit of any of them. Okay, do you know much about Sully at all, or Nathan himself? I know, like, the bare minimum basics. Okay. So, I mean, does it inter- obviously the question in terms of do you think he'll be a good fit, would you be able to answer that, I suppose, given what you know about the character? A lot of that's going to depend on the uh, script and the director, because I've seen him be really, really good, and I've seen him be really, really bad in movies, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think he's the best choice for this just in terms of i mean his look isn't quite there and i don't think his i mean he's a little young to be silly yeah i I mean this is going to be a a prequel so i think yeah even still maybe when you when you look at like nathan drake and sully in the game and the age difference there i mean granted tom holland looks like he's 14 even though he's in his (laughs) mid-20s but yeah yeah, I think he's about. I think he's roughly my age, isn't he? So he's like twenty four ish, I think. Yeah, twenty four, twenty five. He's about a year younger than me. So, um, but yeah, I, I mean, in terms of accents, actors can adapt to that and change that. I don't know if he's going to be able to adjust quite his his voice and the mannerisms and stuff, but I think he's a half decent choice. Of course, you never truly know how good someone's going to be in an acting role until you actually seen them in a trailer or whatnot so because i mean there's multiple multiple superhero roles that have been cast that have turned out to be some of the greatest like you know heath ledger and uh ben affleck and gal gadot as wonder woman which a lot of people mm-hmm. didn't think they were going to like and those turned out to be some of the best that we've had um so you just you never quite know what he's going to be like until you actually see him as the character but in terms of judging why think from now i think he's a half decent choice that could potentially pull it off but yep. uh, you, you could probably get someone who's worse, obviously, for the role and someone who's better. Um, so we'll see how all that plays out. So, yeah, a bit of yeah. uh, video game film news. So And plus, it doesn't matter how good the actor is. If the script is terrible, it's still yeah. going to be a terrible movie. You finally got around to seeing a part of the Super Mario Brothers movie. So now you kind of understand my referencing that. And you had Bob Hoskins, John Leguizamo, and Dennis Hopper. You know, no slouches in the acting community, and they couldn't make that stink burger work for a half a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How I, I think I saw like two minutes of that film, and I was just I was completely stunned. 
Uh, I mean, sometimes pe- someone will say to you, okay, this is really, really bad. And you think, okay, you're going thinking something's going to be really, really bad. And then it's really, really, really bad. And then you just, you sit there in, in kind of shock. So, yeah, yeah. that was pretty funny. Uh, how long ago was it I watched a piece of that? Like two months ago, maybe? Two or three months. You you mentioned it because you said you watched like five minutes of it, like skipped ahead an hour, watched another five minutes. And you yeah. just, you were just like, what the hell? Yeah, because I wanted to skip into the middle when more scenes were happening. So, mm-hmm. very strange. Uh, cool. So that's your video video game to film adaption news. Uh, oh, quickly in terms of um, video game to TV adaption news, uh, Netflix renewed The Witcher for season two today. Which yeah, it's really not even cool. out yet. It's still yep. still four four and a half weeks away, and they decided that hey, we want more. Yep. So cool. Uh, I've been very impressed with what I've seen from the trailers obviously we do have a uh, watching the Witcher podcast which you can go and check out as well so where I watched both of the trailers and did a season preview all that sort of stuff but yeah uh, it's looking really really good from everything from there so and I'm definitely going to be watching it even though I never played the games a whole lot I tried to play three but I couldn't get into it but it has me intrigued enough that I'll at least give it two episodes cool uh, Sony has filed a patent for a cartridge, which is very, very interesting. Uh, of course, the immediate speculation was Vita 2. This is games for the Vita 2. Sony's back doing handhelds. This cartridge is for the games for the Vita 2. Uh, of course, that's jumping to quite some conclusions. It, c- it could be true. They could be working on the Vita 2. I don't think they actually are. Um, but uh, what, what do you think this could be for? Uh, it's hard telling. I mean, it, it might be something to where it's, you know, a way to to, to deliver games that doesn't involve a digital distribution. I mean, you could do cartridges, treat them like some weird variant of a USB drive. Mm-hmm. Or it could be, you know, accessories for, like, you know, an easier way to do uh, higher data transfer rates for for VR or things like that. Um it's just until until you get a little bit more specific, it's really hard telling. I don't think that it's going to be a Vita two because we would have heard something about that, especially the way they've let the Vita just kind of wither and die. Right, very, and, very slowly over like three years or something. Yeah, like uh, the a slow bleed of that. And then when the uh, the last of the Vita games came out, they limited uh, production for the actual game cartridges themselves. Yeah, so where some games couldn't deliver deliver because they didn't have a digital setup and they didn't get enough cartridges to make their games yeah but would you like a vita 2 see i never really played any of the sony handhelds so i don't really feel like i need one mm-hmm. but then again there's a lot of loyalists who love the vita and would love a vita 2 but you know it's just one of those things that it's going to be hard to compete with the nintendo and the switch market for the portable games yeah um you, you never know. You just really don't. Yeah, I, I would get a Vita 2, I think. Um, it would depend on, like, okay, how much does this connect to the PS5? Uh, is remote play better in any way? Or is there a way that you could... If they could find a way, and I don't know how this would work. There's probably some different options. Uh, if you strip out remote play, you strip out the streaming requirement if there's a way that you can play obviously at lower resolution lower flame frame rates um certain playstation 5 or playstation 4 games on a handheld 
PlayStation system, whether it be a Vita 2 or a, a new name for a system, if they could do that and pull that off, then that would be very, very good. But they didn't quite find a way to do that with the Vita 2, uh, the, the uh, PS Vita, obviously. Um, I mean, remote play is an option if you do have enough bandwidth and enough you know, you know, strong internet connection where you are. But if that doesn't work, then you can't use it. So, uh, I mean, there was like original Vita games. Uh, there was like Golden Abyss and things like that. But that never really took off, I don't feel like. And, uh, I mean, you can play like PlayStation 1 originals and things like that. But, um, yeah, I, I just think that with the lack of original games and with the lack of proper PS4 support, that's kind of one some of the reasons that Vita didn't really succeed. So if they can beat some of those barriers... Um, you might see something. So, I don't know. Yeah, the one thing they would have to do to get my interest in the Sony handheld is the one thing they've proven they will never do, and that's not lock the game, lock the uh, device down with proprietary tech. Right. Because that was the like big specific. Uh, um, like with the memory cards. Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, if you looked online when those were actually popular and viable devices. The same storage amount would be three times as much, but it was the only one that you could use on that device. Mm-hmm. And Sony has a long, long history of making proprietary tech that is brilliant on paper, but just nobody uses because it's proprietary and nobody wants to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but yeah, if they, again, if they can find a way to do that better with PlayStation Five, because uh, with saves you could do you could do cloud saves. Um, obviously, you would need storage for the Vita but um, I don't know so hopefully there's an option if they're considering that if not then just double down on PlayStation 5 so uh, we already talked about the Stadia stuff um, yeah some feedback uh, we did of course already talk about Lucy's email regarding Google Stadia uh, so let's talk about Peter's email uh, of course you can send in your emails feedback thoughts comments um, what do you think of Stadia what do you think of PS5 and the potential Vita 2 um, like you said, of course, with the cartridge, it could be for a number of different things. So uh, we'll just have to see if that even happens. So because it's only it's only a pattern. Um, yeah, if you'd like to send in any feedback, feedback, thoughts, questions, comments, or get in contact with Entertainment Talk, uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter eTalk UK. There's contact page and information in your show notes. Uh, Peter says, "Hey Matt, how do you feel about the new COD maps, and what are your thoughts on current uh, complaining with camping?" Um, I mean, yeah, multiple times I've, you know, killed someone in the game and over the mic someone will say, like, hey, I'm Matty, you're camping, or whatever, uh, and obviously complaining towards me, which doesn't bother me, they have to figure out a way to kill me, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's something you've just got to, you know, figure out how to get the person, can you shoot them, can you throw some sort of explosive at them, can you... Uh, stun them maybe um, but I mean camp- I think no matter what you do to the Call of Duty game people are always going to find a little corner to camp and they, you know, if, you, if you're good enough at it then you're going to be able to do it so um, yeah I mean I don't really complain about campers and whatnot. I've obviously been killed by them before where I've just run into a room and that's the thing if you're sprinting around all over the map and not really looking you're probably going to get killed by someone anyway so um, yeah, what what do you think of people that kind of sit in the corner of rooms in games like that and just wait for people to come in? Well, that's been a thing as long as but there's been, like, online uh, shooters. I mean, hell, mm-hmm. I remember, like, the Quake multiplayer. There was <laughs> spots in the map where you could camp, and that goes back to, like, the mid-90s. So it's not like it's exactly a new thing. 
Uh, past that, I mean, I don't really play online competitive shooters. You know, I've ran into that and I've done it a few times. So it's neither here nor there. It's just one of those things that you just got to find them and kill them anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the new map that I did play on was very good. Uh, it's quite hectic, but if you're up for a hectic kind of game, um, then there's that. I'll have to play the uh, gunfight and see what the other map looks like. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting that they just dropped two maps for free, which I think is really good. So, uh, there's that. Um, cool. So that's what we've got for you for this episode of Random Gaming Talk. You're going to, of course, find all the content that we've got on entertainmenttalk.org. If you want to support the podcast, support Entertainment Talk or you're on Patreon. Uh, we also have, uh, of course, the, the $1 and $3 level tiers. Uh, we're on Amazon. You can use the Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on there. We'll get a small cut. It won't cost you extra iTunes feeds, please rate, review, and subscribe to those as well. That helps us out. Uh, word of mouth, please tell your friends, family, people that you know about the website and your iTunes feeds. Uh, share them on Facebook, retweet them on Twitter, and if you're allowed to, put them in different Facebook groups. Um, and video games, if you want to watch us play different video games, me and David stream on Twitch, and Robert streams on Mixer. And of course, look out for Let's Play Sundays. Some different episodes coming up. There will be some different stuff, so have a look out for what those are. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.